Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you in? What are you drinking? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, uh, I'm good. Came back from a vacation. Yes. So I'm relaxed. Rested. I'm drinking rested. Yeah. Drinking a McKellar and Friends Pool Passion or Passion Pool. It's a gauche. A goza? Goza? G-O-S-E? Goza? Goza. Goza. And uh, while I really, really wanted to build a business relationship with this company, they don't do it. But I'm just going to say, there's this website called Craft Beer Kings. Mm -hmm. I think I had sent it to you. And they literally have like everything that you could ever want of the coolest, fanciest beers of all the types. And... They won't pay me to talk about them, but I can't not talk about them. Because yeah, you know, I mean, you know me. Like if if they will pay me, I will. Yeah, you will take. Sure yes, that, sure. You know, but I uh, got this and a bunch of other super cool beers. I'm just really excited. Nice. Yeah, and it's delicious. Good. Sup uh, with you? Uh, uh, things are good. I'm drinking a beer from our good friend Robert, who sent us a box of American Solera. And Prairie Artisan Ales. I am drinking the American Solera Movement and Color Member Blend, a Fodor A Ale refermented with grapes. So it is. Uh, it is a. It kind of looks like wine. Oh shit! It does. Yeah. And so we actually both have uh, fruit infused drinks. That's true. Yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, this is a member blend. So this is a from 2018. Oh wow. Pretty hard to get, I would imagine. So thank you very much, Robert. Appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, destroy those uh, IPAs that he sent us. Oh, <laughs> just so uh, good, I've been dude. We were talking him. about them last night again. Even though I'd already had them, I'm like, oh, that freaking jam skate. So good. Anyway, um, our catchphrase today came from the one and only, our good friend and uh, friend of the show, listener, Albert Einstein. That's... <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> Also, can you send in some catchphrases, please, guys? Yeah, please. You know Anyone out there who's listening, <laughs> we we could certainly use some catchphrases because Albert Einstein's uh, not really pumping them out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you. So appreciate that. So today we're talking about leveraging the time value of money and how a dollar today isn't the same as a dollar tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the dollar today is worth less than a dollar tomorrow i i literally couldn't have paid you and i, I don't pay you <laughs> no, <laughs> i could true. have paid you to say something better because a dollar today is actually worth more than a dollar tomorrow i mean that's why wimpy he would he would gladly pay you for a hamburger on tuesday for a hamburger today no <laughs> I, I i don't know <laughs> popeye reference no okay <laughs> no but so a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow and it's like the most fundamental underpinning of personal finance that I think we've talked around a lot, but haven't really like discussed why. What you just said a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. Yes. Okay. And you said you were pretty sure that a dollar today is worth less than a dollar tomorrow. Yes. Which given that belief, I, you would make a ton of poor decisions. Well, is, does that just mean that the dollar, if I take a dollar today and put it in an account that earns interest, then that dollar is worth more tomorrow than if I just got a dollar tomorrow? Well, I, what it means is a bird <laughs> in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's sexual and I don't like it. <laughs> not that kind of bush. Oh, okay. Not that kind the, of bush. The, the music or band. Bird. 
Oh, and, oh, so, so Gavin and Rossdale. The, the idea is like, uh, if you actually caught a bird, uh, there are going to be 100 birds in the bush. doesn't matter. You actually got the bird, right? I mean, that's kind of, oh. I guess. And, you know, <laughs> metaphor. There's actually like math behind this. All but, right, so explain to me the time value of money. What are we? What is this? So there are three core concepts that underpin this. And literally every decision related to money comes back to the time value of money. And I think if you understand this and why, um, then then you will just make better decisions. So okay. one, um, money is subject to inflation. And we did an awesome episode on inflation. Going to not go deep on it. But basically, every year, the government doesn't matter what country you're from, the government prints money. And so as there is more money in supply, it is worth less. And so if you just had a dollar in your hand and you just kept it in your hand for a year, in the next year, um, your hand would be super chapped and it would (laughs) be, you'd be able to buy less with the dollar than you were. Because there's just more dollars in existence. Right. And inflation means prices go up. So, you know, the dollar will buy less. So that's okay. that's the first thing. The second thing is that a dollar put to work uh, can earn over time, and we know this by investing, sure, by uh, you know business, you know, and putting money into a business, whether it's like savings account in a bank. Um, so a dollar put to work will earn. That's that's like the uh, you know core concept of um, the time value. But, uh, yeah, but but I want to like you know pick it apart because okay. I think logically um, we tend to make decisions in contrast to the time value of money. All right, so so what are some ways to to now that we or now that this makes I guess it makes sense to me like this idea of time like how do we use this practically? Okay, so so I have a a problem for you. Okay, so you Matt Givenisi have decided to buy a car and the price of the car is $18,000. Okay. The car dealer presents you with two choices. Mm. Choice one, purchase the car for cash and receive $2,000 instant rebate. Your out-of-pocket expense then is 16000 okay. right? Because it's 8000 yep. minus the two you got. That's yep. choice one. Mm-hmm. Choice two is purchase the car for $18,000 with 0% interest 36 month loan and monthly payments. The market's interest, the market interest is 4%, you sure. know, but you you have a 0% loan. So, the first one, I mean the car is 18,000 in both examples, but in the first one if you buy it in cash you get 2,000 back. Mm-hmm. And the second one, um, you have to pay 18,000 for the car. Okay. But a no interest loan. Okay. I mean my I think the obvious answer is the second choice. You, why you, why well, if there's no interest, take someone else's money to pay for the car, and then the, the cash that you would have, like that $16,000 that you are now, that, that that would be gone, if you stuck, if you if you have that cash on hand and you stuck that into just a 2% savings account, you're making 2% and on that cash that you currently have, and you're not, and, you, and that cash is still yours, versus mm-hmm. the car where if it's 0% interest, then you're not really losing anything. So essentially, yes, right? Because you can make your monthly payments of, you know, about like $500 for yeah. 36 months, 
pay it off in time. And the thing is, you could use that money too, right? What the car? Yeah, the car is the car is yours, and then you could use that money to do other things. And I think like it was rather obvious given the conversation to choose B. (laughs) You're you're a smart man, but most people will often choose A. Why? And what? Because the car costs less. Do you think most people have sixteen thousand dollars just? blow on a car like that this is this is a hyperbolic Uh, example it could be for something worth a thousand dollars it could be for a home worth whatever it could be for the engagement ring and the guys like if you pay me all in cash i'll give you an x percent discount so discounts in in people's minds kind of reign supreme for sure right and i could tell you that when i bought laura's engagement ring i think he gave me whatever percent off to do it in cash i was like oh my god i'm saving so much on this huge thing obviously i'm gonna do this but the, the thing is, uh, in terms of efficiency of your dollars, uh, it is less efficient. Sure. Time value of money. I get that a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little abstract because I don't like I don't really understand that. How do we like I get it. You know what I mean? But I don't get so, it. OK. Everyone <laughs> wants to build a business. Everyone wants yeah. to buy a house. People can recognize that, you know, getting a mortgage is great. If for no other reason, then they literally don't have the cash to buy the house upfront. So sure. everyone wants things and wants cash. And I think it becomes clear that if you have cash, you're actually like in the power position. Cash is king, right? And and so the reason is because literally people want things now. And if you are a, if you have the resources to provide these people with things, they will pay you interest. Versus someone else. And right. really what the time value of money, and it's a formula, um, is, is is it helps you calculate out if something makes sense. So okay. in the first example, uh, where we're talking about the car you know, and the payments, um, yeah. you would literally pump that through a formula, which is rather simple. Um, actually, I'll just tell you. It's, yeah, please. Um, Basically, the price divided by one plus the interest rate to N, where N is like how long. So, for example, if you were you wanted to calculate the future value of money and this home was $100,000, you put $100,000 divided by the interest rate. So, say it's 4%, but it's one plus 4% because you want it to be increasing, right? So, 5%. No, 1.04. So, okay. Do, do you follow how like four? Oh, right. I got it. I'm sorry. So, yeah. I wasn't thinking of percentages <laughs> in decimals, but that's how they're. Yep. So hundred because, and you could literally see how it's going to be less because we're dividing. So hundred thousand sure. dollars divided by one plus, you know, 4% or 0.04. Yep. And then in parentheses, you put that to the N. So it's over 30 years N would be 30. Mm-hmm. And so you, that essentially would help you calculate what the future value of the money would be, which is going to be so what it, less. I, I didn't calculate it out for a hundred thousand. Oh damn it, Jesus! <laughs> it, it'll be in well, the show notes. We have, we have this like awesome. Well, it's actually mostly written already, but uh, I'll, I'll spare you the math. I kind of want to talk about um, like the whys. Okay. Um, we've we've talked about uh, opportunity cost. Yeah. Which, which I mean, like, give me an example of an opportunity cost. 
So uh, the cost of doing something versus something else. So for example, um, what's the opportunity cost of investing in a savings account, putting your money in a savings account versus not? Right. You know, and basically just figuring out, and I'm, I mean, what it's, that is. it's rather obvious. 2%. If you, if you do a high, high, high interest uh, savings account, online savings account, you'd lose, well, whatever that calculation right. would and, end and up there's, being. Right. There's also risk involved. With sure. It. And so if you're put into a savings account, maybe like cancels out um, inflation. And so you kind of just keep your money in like stasis, which right. we know from the show is shitty. But then yeah, you go and right. you put in the stock market, and it's going to grow much faster. But there are risks right. associated with that, yep. and so you, it's essentially uh, a formula to help you figure that out, right? And and with time value of money being the underpinnings of why. Okay, so so how do we use this to our advantage? So um, when it comes to uh, buying things. You know, uh, if you were to put it on your credit card, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be worth less. It's going to be expensive. And so the idea. If you don't pay your credit card off every month. Right. And yes, if you could float okay. it for 30 days and, you know, the way that you buy things, the way that I buy things, the credit card's kind of like this revolving door. You put it on yeah, the credit card it, yeah. and bef- when the payments do, you pay it and you pay no interest. It's it's just actually just for me, it's more of a safety mechanism than it is anything else. Cause it's like, if I had the choice to use cash or a debit card versus a credit card, the credit card is just a safer means of money. Cause it's not my money I'm spending. And there you go. Like the, the reason is the time value of money essentially, because right. you get to keep all of your cash, put all of the risk right. on the credit card. It obviously is not that great of a difference. Cause we're talking about 30 days, which is a short period of time. But it's yeah. that concept, like at you know, at scale, it, at scale, right? Lar- larger time frames, right? Okay, so um, what is something that I can do today that would be that would that would basically follow these pr- a principle of the time value? Like, the, like what I don't understand is the time value. What is the value? Mm. Like, what am I looking at? Like, how do I make decisions based on this principle? Like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do here. Okay. This, this is how, this is how you would use it. So, uh, if I were to offer you a thousand dollars today or a thousand dollars in five years, I mean, like, it's obvious you would just say like, give me it today. Give me the money. Right. Yeah. I want it now. But if I was to offer you a thousand dollars now or $1,250 in five years, like, which would you take? Wait, say that again with the number? $1,000 today. Today. Versus $1,250 in five years. Which would you take? $1,000 today. Why? Because I feel like I could do more with that myself than that money. I feel like I could take that $1,000 and put it towards some sort of business expense that would actually make me, you know, probably 10 times more that. Or I could put that in a. In, in the scenario that I provided, and I think often people don't have this business they could just put the money into or something they could just sure. multiply to some ridiculous degree, you have to be able to choose which option you want. But let me ask this. If you're saying $1,000 today mm-hmm. versus 1250 
right? $1,250 in five years. If I were to put that $1,000 in a Betterment account, there is risk, but in 10 years, I should be able to double five, that. Five years. And no, I should be able to double that 1000 in 10 years, though. Fine, but we're talking about five years. Oh, all right. Well, the, the point okay. being is that. But then um, you're right. Okay. Well, then shouldn't it be at 1500 then? Well, yeah. And I, I guess the whole <laughs> thing is like, it doesn't seem like that much more. And actually, if you took $1,000 and invested it for 5% over five years, it's worth like $1,276. And so if we okay. pose a scenario again, would you pick 1000 today or 1300 in five years? You know, you well, then I'm it's guaranteed at 1300 in five well, years. Well, and then it'll be better than, you know, what you would earn what at 5% right. if that was the best you could do. And in right. real life, that's more likely what you're choosing between. You're not, it's not like take a thousand dollars now or multiply it by 50 in five years, like what you, you know. And so, right, you know, uh, there's often bonus structures that are set up or sales commissions and things that, uh, are pulled and twisted in certain ways that are on the face confusing. But I think that mm -hmm. if you just did some really basic calculations, you'd be able to tell what the better deal was. But how do you do that? Like, I'm not a math guy, mm -hmm. you know, like I know I like math and math is, you know, great. And I feel like math is very comforting. Math is always the great comforter. You know, if you're, if you're stressed out about money, sit down and do the math. If you're stressed out about a business, sit down and do the math. It's actually like it's pretty eye-opening and clarifying. Okay. You know, let's, but let's as a take this as a, scenario, right? But you keep giving me this fake money. I want to know what I'm doing with my real money. Yeah. Give me, give me, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, look, we we we're literally gonna talk about this in the next episode we record things that you'd put your money okay. And we've talked a lot about like putting in betterment or fundrise or you know, sure. this whole slew of options. But mm -hmm. you know, maybe the question is not. Uh, put it under my mattress or put it in Betterment, maybe the question is Betterment or Fundrise, right? Right. Or, or you know, uh, Betterment or the total stock market fund or, you know, yeah. or a whole slew of, do, do I Options. accept the RSUs in my company and they're going to give me more mm -hmm. money in compensation right. versus a cash bonus? And so- right. It's just kind of like sussing out where the value. But how do you like, okay, so if you're not a math person, and I'm sure like for the most part, mm -hmm. let's be honest, are we all like excited to do math in our head every <laughs> once in a while? I'll tell you how but to do sometimes it on a calculator. You, so easy. Because here's the thing. You, you're talking about like, you gave me a scenario, right? Where you're like $1,000 or 12. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Right now, what the, the, the option that sounds great to me as a human being with no math skills in my brain is to be like, give me a fucking thousand dollars right now, <laughs> you know, versus like 12, 12, 50 in five years. Like my, my, my lizard brain kicks in and goes like, I don't even know if the fucking planet's going to be here in five years. You know, it's like, I don't, that's I want why the there's so few people who have savings or money, you know, or, or really, and what that is, is options. Way. And so. Well, what, how do you, how do you break that? Like, check I'm this out. This enough. is what you do. So okay. 5%, we can agree yeah. is 0 0.05 on a calculator. <laughs> Apparently, yes. Now, And there's actually that. on sure. the default Mac calculator, if you hit the number five and hit the percent sign, it literally converts it to 0 0.05 for you. Okay. Okay. So what yep. you do is you take that and you add one to it. 
because that because then you're adding a hundred percent, right? So so one point zero five. One point zero five. And so if you want to take, let's say you're going to earn five percent a year, so you take this one thousand dollars, you multiply mm-hmm. it by one point zero five, and you hit equals, and then you're at one thousand fifty. It equals again. Now we're two years in, and you're at one thousand one hundred and two dollars and fifty cents. It equals again, and you keep hitting equals, and that's uh-huh. how many years. And so this is like super back of the envelope type math. Math, yeah. But right. you can put a thousand, multiply it by one point zero five, and hit equals five times. I would hope in under fifteen seconds. You know, so not a lot of work to make what is often large decisions. You know, on your wealth. Right. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's take what a else break. We got? After the break, uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna give a few more examples and how you could use it to your benefit. All right, good. Let's, I I want to know. Okay, we'll be right back. All right. So, is is there ever an opportunity where somebody offers you cash today that you should not take it? Yeah, because what this sounds like to me is like, well, if I'm if I am as a human being, if I'm guaranteed to make if I can, if I, you know, obviously everyone listening and, and us, you know, we know that we can make 5% on our money just by sticking it into some sort of a, an account, right? Like a Betterment or a Vanguard fund or whatever. Wealthfront, just name, name your insert, insert robo advisor here. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously there's inherent risk in, in doing those things, right? And same with like a business, even more riskier. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we always take the cash now? No. So, because so, we we invest, no. but yeah. but my point my point is is like you you gave me the example in the beginning of like the the car buying right it's like you can you know you're gonna save two grand if you buy it all in oh, cash. Oh, I, I have, do you want me to give you a car example? I mean, I don't. I mean, I think I'm I'm I think I'm following now. It's like it's like no, it, the the second option option B means that you have more cash and you know that you can make five percent on that cash. Whereas like if you give up $16,000 in cash, even though in your brain you're saving $2,000, do the math on 16 grand mm. or do the math on 18 or 16 grand, right? So you have, instead of giving this money for this car, which is going to depreciate, you now have 16 grand. Take 16 grand times 1.05 and multiply it over three years of the loan of the car, mm-hmm. right? How much more money? Will you have more than 18,000? Do them. Let's do the math. So so wait, tell me the numbers again. So so take sixteen thousand uh-huh. dollars, right? Times one point zero five. How many times t- am I? How many years is this? Three times. One. Thirty six months. Three. So you'd have eighteen thousand five hundred twenty two dollars. Okay, so you would essentially make five hundred dollars more than like, you would like by saving. In the that first much. option, you know, granted, you say you have to buy the car anyways, you know. Yeah, you would profit right. 522. Right. So by taking the loan option B and taking that 18 or taking that 16,000 that you would have spent and putting it into something that's going to grow 5% for the next 3 years. I I have a harder one for you because I think I think okay, fine. Fine. like we could agree this is easy. So you have the option of taking a 6-year loan on a car. Yep. 2.9%. Or uh-huh. you can take 2 consecutive three-year leases on the same car. 
Okay, what's the interest rate on those leases? I mean, it, it's virtually nothing. It's like 0.024%. I mean, because it's a lease. You don't own the car. Oh, 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 okay. So two leases versus uh, owning a car in six years. Right. I, I, the lease, for sure. So, so it's actually rather close, but it is more effective to get two, three-year leases on the same car than to just buy it and pay it off in six years. Like, right. And I, and I have it for, uh, the specific example is a Mazda CX-5 that costs 29500 roughly. But, but the okay, point wow. is, and this is a more complicated example, but there are down payments, there's money due at yep. signing, you know, you're going to lose money also, at, due to depreciation. Totally. And then even with, le- with leases, all your fucking maintenance is almost covered. Mm. Like I've, Honestly, like I take my, I have a lease, I have a Subaru lease and I don't pay for oil changes. You know, I don't pay for anything that needs to be fixed. Like basically just gas because it's, it's in a lease format, it, right? It's basically renting the car for the, three The days. thing is like, if we were to compare, you know, you are uh, getting a loan to buy a car and then you own it or you take a lease, we're not really comparing two like things. And this is like literally the conversations yeah. that Reddit was built on. We're all just going to argue until we die. <laughs> right. But if you really compare them side by side and you use the time value Math. of money formula, we, yep. I can just tell you exactly which one will be a better option. And right. the thing is, like, we can get into all the details, but there's like calculators online that you just plug the numbers in. But you're not going to do that if you're, if you're, I mean, that's like you have to do pre research before you enter into that kind of scenario. But, where if you're mm-hmm. just telling me on the spot, I'm just like, I don't. Hold on, give me. Well, first of all, do you have a pencil. If you're in the car a, dealership, an they're giving you ridiculous numbers. They're trying to confuse you, and I right, think that course. most people would on who are listening, just in the U.S., would believe that buying the car over the long term is a better option. Yeah. You know, but like, I think that, and, and this is where kind of I guess the math wins. Granted, it's math and it sucks because I don't know. It's called math, but yeah, you save yourself like serious money over your lifetime by. But you, but the, but the difference with the lease versus the, the the buying the car is at the end of that six months, six years, you own something, and provided ha- years, it has value. I mean, provided it has so, any value so like, at that point. In this yeah. example, the resale value. Um, so interestingly, so fine, Matt. So in the six year loan, at the end of six years, and this is uh, based on Consumer Reports research. Okay. Yeah. After the first six years, this. Uh, twenty nine thousand five hundred dollar car is worth about nine thousand five hundred in resale value. Oh my god! Right, but right. in payments, in downfront payments and interest payments, you've actually already paid thirty one thousand nine hundred fifty two dollars. You've literally paid yeah. more for the car. You've had to pay for all of the brakes and whatever yourself. You put money sure. up front. Um, yep. And the monthly payment was $416 a month versus the 287 of the lease. And we already know mm-hmm. that the value, the money today in your pocket to put towards other purposes is worth more. And you know, right. as you kind of flesh it out, fine. You could resale the car for $9,500, but it's still worth right. less in terms of total dollars. Yeah. So what's the, what's the, what are we learning here? What is what do you what is the what do you think is the big takeaway from all of this? I think the big takeaway is uh, often the decision that you think makes the most sense 
might not. And emotionally or, yeah, or like, like a gut visceral wise. reaction, you know, like taking the $2,000 off on the car today versus paying 500 a month over 36 months, you know? Right. And so like, if you could in that scenario, like save a thousand dollars for what I believe is seconds of work, like mm-hmm. you're making insane amount of money an hour by doing that little math. Yeah. And so it's really just about having an, the front of your mind and when you have options you know calculating it so i'm starting to learn more about this as i'm thinking about buying a house and like understanding that like the 20 percent down payment i'm just like wow that's a lot of fucking cash right this is a lot of like my cash mm-hmm. gone and i'm and i'm watching a lot of youtube videos about real estate investing and obviously i've talked to you a bunch and you know just not and i'm not thinking about investing in real estate per se but I do have a, a property and I do want to buy a home to live in. And I am the, the more I think about this idea of like leveraging other people's mm. money so that you keep more of yours is even though you're paying more is really kind of counterintuitive, but very interesting. Like the way that investors think about mortgages is like, no mortgages yeah. are a godsend. You know, it's like 30%. Fixed? Hell yeah! Like give it, give it, give me, me all, thirty. Like, give me that fix. money. It's thirty percent fixed. I don't know if I. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Thirty year fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what one people fixed. you're like, talking you're, to. You're, but... <laughs> yeah, no. So, but this idea that like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll pay more. Sure. Like over time, but I want because like my cash today, and that's the thing. I guess the cash today is worth more because but you have it. it. Let's unpack that further. So, okay. um, one. Like you said, uh, or, or actually, yeah, let, let, there's a couple of reasons why, right? So one, if okay. you were to say buy, let's take like a $100,000 home. And let's, let's even say it was okay. a rental property that you're buying. So it could potentially earn you sure. money, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like, I could say roughly based on the numbers that Laura and I have for our properties, you buy a $100,000 property, you know, bring you in about 1000 a month. Let's say you profit $500 a month. Right, so it'll earn okay. six thousand dollars over the year. That's after right that's after, after you all pay your the mortgage expenses, the property manager, stuff. roughly. You know, obviously, yeah, mileage may vary. Um, so you profit yeah, sure. six thousand dollars, right? And so, if you were to talk mm-hmm. about your cash on cash, it would be that's how much you're getting a return on the money you put in. You put in a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. you earned six thousand, and so your return is about six percent. In that scenario, right? Okay, right. Now in the, tw- which doesn't seem that great. Right. I mean, I mean, it's honest. it's not bad. I mean, well, you're saying it's not great because no. you you know where I'm going and we've done these episodes. But well, wait a minute. You you mentioned a six yeah, percent right. return. Right. So this is pretty solid. This is somebody I would say, but this is somebody who bought. Okay, but this is somebody who bought a house for a hundred outright outright in cash. In, cash. The, in this right. fictitious so, scenario, would earn six percent a year. Right, so they're so that thousand that hundred thousand dollars, which if they had put it in maybe the might stock earn six percent as well. Could could have correct or and, yeah, or we right. say seven percent. Let's say incrementally more. Sure, one you know, yeah and, okay, but then but one is more liquid than the other, right? And but let's so yes, there there's okay, risk sorry. involved, and you're obviously putting a yeah. hundred thousand dollars up and risking it, and, and it's right. illiquid, like you said, right? And then there's scenario yeah. B where you're like, okay, I'm going to put 20% down. And so let's, 
you know, keep mm-hmm. closing costs and shit out to make it simple. So you put 20,000 down. The right. The so property is yep. still going to rent for the same amount. The mortgage is still, mm-hmm. you know, well, actually in the first property, you'd earn more. So maybe it would be 12% return. Let's say you're in a, you keep all right. of every, every dollar. In the second one, you're only making yeah. $6,000, but it's six divided by 20, which would be your return, which is about 30%. You know, and obviously, right. like, praise be if you earn 30% cash on cash on your <laughs> rental property. On, on anything. But, yeah, right. Uh, the, the point being is your return is insanely higher and your, your risk is way, way lower. Right. Because again, you're, you're leveraging right. other people's money. And even though, even though if you were to extrapolate that over the course of 30 years, you'd be like, whoa, this property cost me mm. almost double. But, you, but if you're earning on that, or if you're even living in it, technically, because yeah. it's like, well, I'm living in it. I'm there. I got a roof over my head. Like, that's value. It, it may not be cash value, but it's, there's value in that. I have a place to sleep. Yeah. Without getting rained on. And so, and so like, in this, like, super cleansed bullshit world scenario that we're, you know, spelling out, like, it is beyond obvious that you take the 20% down mortgage for the property. Less risk. Right. right. The extra $80,000, you, you buy beer with it or other properties. <laughs> right. Like, if you replicated that deal five times, you'd be earning, you know. And if you could even put in less of your own cash. Well, and, and so and so, this is where, you know, obviously this gets to be a more complicated scenario. It's like, yes, if you could put in less cash, would be so much better if there were not penalties in the terms of, On, in, yeah. in like the, Right. And so there are additional costs. And so obviously you'd have to run the numbers. Um, and I can mm-hmm. just tell you right now that the numbers are not going to be as favorable if you put in less than as, 20%, you know? Sure. Um, but also, and, and what another thing I learned was if depending on, and I don't want this to be about properties and any, it's one any example, rate, but like, but if you put down 10%, right. And you're using other people's money. And you have, but now you have PMI and you have this like a- added mm. expense, but you're making money on this property and the property starts to go up in value. You could refinance once you have 20, what, 5% equity for in sure. The home Refinances cost PMI money, and then though. And okay, so yes, that right. has to be factored into the cash flow. I would, I w- yeah. to be honest, like you'd have to be in an incredibly fast growing market, I believe. To, to, in order to take advantage right, of like, that. And then then you could definitely suss it out so it makes sense. But in a, mm-hmm. if you are living somewhere between California and New York City, but not in, or that's a city in a places. state, or New York State and California right. State, it, it may not be the case or likely won't be the case. You know, Colorado and right. where you right. live is an exception, as is New York City or, or Hoboken. But, yep. uh, and there's other places like that too, like, Oh, for for sure. I mean, Laura and I, after the Air uh, BNB episode, we did like a super deep dive. We actually found some places that we would be willing to buy, you know, whatever. But it's like, wow, to find these areas are really like the diamond in the rough, you know, because sure. sure. not everyone's going to make money on everything or it'd just be, you know, whatever. Right. But I just like that idea of like your cash is freed up to do other things with it, to make it work at mm-hmm. other things while you're leveraging, you know, 
other people's cash. Right. Because it's it's available to you. And but you have to be smart because otherwise you could really fuck some shit up if you're not smart yeah. about it, right? And and if you think you know, obviously loans come with risk, right? If you if you don't pay the loan, for um, sure. Try getting another try getting another one, right? Or lose or lose everything and then wait seven years before you could do anything right. again. Exactly. So there is like risk in this in that fictitious too. scenario yeah. with a rental property, you know, if you don't have tenants for five years, that could bring you to bankruptcy right. because Right, exactly. Yeah, I think the takeaway for me is whenever time is involved in a money decision, that's when you need to break out the abacus because <laughs> if if yeah, because it's like Whenever there's like the option for a loan, which is which is time based, mm. or credit that's time based, or anything that has like a time element to your your purchase or your investing or anything, it's worth doing the math on that on those on those years, those those days, how whatever whatever time works in, because the, you might end up either paying more money mm. or paying less money depending on the scenario, right? So. If it's like, hey, I want to go buy a, um, I want to go buy this homebrew kettle today in cash, mm. right? It's like, okay, well, there's no time value on that right now because the option is, I want that thing, I'm going to own that thing, right? Right. I could, I could sit there and say, well, and or it's a small amount cat, of money, you know, it may not even be worth figuring. But what if they offered a finance, a finance, financial option, like mm. a financing option, which they do actually do, right? They, they in my in the homebrewing world. Mm. Now it's like, well, I have two options. So there's this, there's a, there's a time option presented to me. So now it's time for me to go sit down, take out a calculator, and do the math. Oh, is it worth? I have the perfect my, example in that. So okay. the iPhone, if you could yeah. buy it outright from Apple, or you could pay Apple monthly for yep. the iPhone, and they don't charge you any interest. And so you could pay, you know, a thousand whatever dollars for the phone, or you could pay like I don't know, it's like forty some odd a month. Mm-hmm. And then you get to keep all of that money, right? Yep. The payments every, are automated. Yep, new phone every year. New phone, and that even doesn't matter because the point is, then you keep that money and you could invest it in betterment or whatever, right? And so for that month, yeah. And you know, the amount of money that you might save is not this enormous thing that's going to change your life, but like that decision or the homebrewing equipment, or whatever, like at scale, is like how you yeah. really pull the most value out of your spending or just, you know, the money you make. But here's the thing. Mm. Even though that iPhone example, which is a great example because it's more relevant, I guess, than the homebrewing equipment. <laughs> but and that's what I do. We both we both are on the payment plan where it's basically like we are leasing a, uh, some sort of device from them, mm. right? And provide uh, you're going to have a smartphone for the rest of your life, which I imagine you will. Yes. You know, it's... Right. So, so... It's a utility too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm paying for the 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 nice ass phone and the utility for it. But ultimately, uh, I, I guess I lost my thought. But basically, it's like if you pay a thousand dollars for a, th- a phone, mm-hmm. like th- that's a thousand dollars gone. Where I'm only paying forty dollars a month, but I am paying forever. You could essentially have that phone for you know what three years, and I will have paid more than you. Mm-hmm. You know, but I have the latest phone. I am not dealing with all of the maintenance issues. I'm not dealing with this like you don't have to weird, worry about selling it, whatever. And yeah, weird, weird little tiny things. 
that you know people don't you know really think about I, for me personally um i tend to leverage things like that because of really because of ease the reason i and chose look, they try to, to make it as easy as possible that the reason they did is they want more people to buy the expensive phones right right but if you were to and like we could pretty much for one it, they don't charge you interest so the cost is actually equal Regardless, right. well, d- depending depending on how long you keep the phone, right? If, if you right. never upgrade, but if, if you never upgrade, then you're an idiot, let's right? Say, and you know, and we could do, and I don't have the numbers, but you say like you replace your phone every four years, and you're like, well, then I should buy it outright. And right. I would say if you paid monthly and invested the remainder over those those four uh, years, you'd saying. probably yeah, yeah, yeah. have more still. You know, yeah, you would actually yeah. make more money getting a new phone every two years than you would keeping it, holding it, putting it in an otter box, and then trying to <laughs> hawk it on eBay. You know, and that's a lot right. more work. And so, yeah. you know, I think viscerally, we want to just buy the phone because then we own the phone. And I don't know, then you could just break it, it in it, half if you well, want. Well, it feels cheaper. Right. But it's not. It feels cheaper. Right. And so that's kind of, and I'm so glad you brought up the thing because I, I actually didn't think of the iPhone example until the last, whatever. But <laughs> right, it's like it's like making that decision every uh-huh. day or every time you're posed with it over the course of your life, like, and that's how you become rich or one of you know the million things you do to build wealth. It, and it's deciding to borrow and leverage, leverage, use really someone key. else's resources, you know, when they are cheaper than your own. Because the dollar bill that you have today is worth more than the dollar bill. It's worth two dollar bills in the bush. Two dollar <laughs> bills in the bush. You got to find that bush, baby. You got to find that bush. That's right. Uh, is there anything else we think we should cover? I, I think that's it. We did an iPhone example and a car example. That should be like every episode. <laughs> yeah. Everything else can be edited out. That's Thank right. You. All right. If you missed anything, we'll have everything in the show notes. Of course, there's actually a quite a bit of show notes on this topic yes yeah there's already an article i mean by the time you get there it's gonna be pretty wicked he said wicked wicked guys <laughs> and he's not even from boston <laughs> so you can either uh check your preferred podcast app or you can visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show to find it please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us please mm. point them to your favorite episodes and hopefully they'll become a subscriber the show will grow and we'll be able to um you know Make money, take that money, invest it, and not, you know, buy a car outright. Yeah, we, we promise not to do that. Please don't. Please don't. Uh, if you have, any, unless you unless you like cars, unless you're a toy guy, well, you should listen to the next episode then. Hey, hey, hey! hey. <laughs> We're talking about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about, email us. Listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And of course, all the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. All right, that's it. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show.